It is Whitesboro Bearcat football time in Texas. Tick, tick, boom. We're bringing the noise. It's now time for the Coach Cody Fagan Show. And it's brought to you by the Whitesboro Athletic Booster Club as we will go over everything Whitesboro over the Bearcats and the Lady Cat Sports Nation. Now, the star of the show, Cody Fagan with Linda Lee and Frank Grantham. Hello and welcome to the 2022 season of Whitesboro Bearcat football. It is the Coach Cody Fagan Show. We're here with Whitesboro's Athletic Director, Coach Cody Fagan, and we are ready for a dynamite year. Coach, let's talk just a little bit. I know this is coming into your fourth year here, but your third year was historic. Uh, we went farther in the uh, football season than, than we ever have, did great in the uh, Lone Star Cup, right. really succeeded across all sports. Let's talk just a little bit about last year in a recap, Coach. Uh, you know, it was an unbelievable year just watching the community come together to support all the kids and all the different things that we've got an opportunity to do, starting off in the fall with the uh, boys winning a first-ever team state championship in cross-country, and then the girls placing fifth in the state, and exciting times ahead for those girls returning a lot of those kids this year. And then, obviously, volleyball was under a new direction with Coach Jennifer Sluter last year and made a lot of strides in her first year and then uh, football you know we, we all remember that great run that the kids you know we were banged up early in the year at one point we were two and four on the season and then those kids got confident and healthy all at the same time and you know the rest is history went on to play all the way into december and the fourth round of the playoffs so that was a fun times and we moved on to uh, basketball and the middle of the year obviously I don't want to leave out fall tennis they went to the third round again for about the third or fourth year in the row there in the fall but moving into the middle of the year uh, some great wrestling seasons some great basketball seasons both teams making it to the second round and then uh, obviously powerlifting having some great individual success with some kids all the way to the state meet and then you get into the spring and girls made a run all the way to the third round in softball track at first ever boys and girls district and area champions in the same year and took a bunch of kids to regional and state level and then uh, baseball obviously making it to the second round for I believe the fifth or sixth year in a row so just a really great year all the way through and through uh, all programs and you know with our drama band and all the other things academics that fall into it we end up ninth out of 233 teams that's good in the state in the Lone Star Cup so Really fun 21-22 school year. Hoping we can top that this year. Yeah, Coach, and our listeners listening in right now, we are taping this on a Wednesday up here at Delhi 56. Uh, great lunch we just had here and now out here on uh, Highway 56, I guess you could say. You can hear some of the cars driving by here, so if you hear any noise in the background while we're taping this. Yeah, but, exactly. Just real quick uh there's so much stuff to go over because it's the first show of the year everybody's excited uh just look just dab into coach fagan's cross-country team uh she's done a great job since taking over the program and it sounds like she's off to a fast start too i think they have a motto this year i think it's called run at the beast i believe something like that and they've actually started good the girls have won some things and the boys are really striving too so they've they've done great uh coach you know getting a good start yeah, so far this year, the girls cross country has been to two different meets. They went over to Boyd for a little different, not your typical everybody on the start line race. They did a relay version. Those girls won that. And then we went down to Pilot Point for your more typical 
high school cross country meet. The girls also won that by 20 points with six of nine varsity runners getting medals, meaning they were in the top 20. So the girls have had a fantastic start. You know, they return all but one from that fifth place in the team uh, or fifth place in the state team last year. And so high expectations for those girls going into this season. And then the boys graduated a large chunk of that state championship team, but returned two of those kids. Unfortunately, Taylor Gonzalez is injured right now. Hopefully we can get him healed up by the very end of the season. Uh, but you have Deacon Carey Sr. leading that bunch and just a good group of young kids coming up and trying to see how competitive we can be at a state level as individuals, but uh, knowing that we have a, a good chance to get better as we go with a young team. And then you work over towards volleyball. Already Coach Sluter has reached the win total from their entire last season. That's uh, outstanding. Before we even really get into regular season and district play, just coming out of tournaments. So girls had a really high-paced competitive game with 4A Anna last night. Came up two points short in the fifth set. But anytime you're taking 4As the distance like that, you know you're going to have a, a fun time once we get into that district play against other 3A schools. And then Team Tennis has got numbers like never before. We've got 17 or 18 boys and girls both, so that's about 36 kids out for team tennis right now with Coach Amos and Miss Coach Lev out there working and then Coach Worley's back in the fold a little bit helping out there. So lots of kids, 452 of them to be exact in the athletic program right now. So a lot of fun stuff uh, ahead. That's good, Coach. Uh, you know, just like you touched on, Miss Sluter, she took over the volleyball program. And, they, and I've noticed they've beat some bigger schools already, which is a good thing. And then you touched on the tennis, having a big turnout player-wise. So that's good things going on here in the borough. But um, any other sports fixing takeovers, they mainly start up with some more of them start up in October. Yeah, it'll, it'll be getting down closer to October, November before basketball will be allowed to start practicing and wrestling and those powerlifting sports. So right now we're the four fall sports with – uh, volleyball, football, fall tennis, and cross country. So lots of exciting times, lots of kids working, lots of things going. Fall tennis will have their first matches coming up in early September. So uh, have a lot of kids going in every direction, and that's always a good thing. That's a great thing, Coach. All right, Lyndall and Cody, let's uh, move on to football here. Uh, we're taping this on Wednesday, so the JV has a game on Thursday. We'll have the results of that uh, when we start the broadcast on Friday. But uh, let's, let's talk uh, some Bearcat football. Coach, congratulations, like uh, Lindell said at the top. You know, this year, fourth year here, but last year uh, leading the Bearcats for the first time in school history to the fourth round. That's an awesome job. Uh, you know, we can't say enough about that. Got a lot of players returning. We did lose a lot of key players, but we got a lot of uh, talent returning back. And, you know, if some of our Bearcat fans watch the scrimmages, we looked good in both scrimmages, so that's a that's a good start too to the year. Um, let's move quickly. We can't go over everyone. We got a lot of talent on this uh, uh, football teams. So we can't go over every exact player, but let's just start. You got your quarterback, your senior Mike Harper back, threw for like twenty, almost twenty five hundred yards last year, twenty seven touchdowns, and to go along with that, close to five hundred yards rushing. And behind him, you got the uh, the youngster, I say youngster, but Clay Herm Hermes has really done a good job when he had to come into the role. He's had to come into the game a couple times, you know, if Matt got banged up. He's done a good job running back. You got Grayson Ledbetter back with Max Parker, Matthew Riddles backing him up. Wide receiver Jay Sanders set a school record last year. I believe it was a 99-yard reception. 
was was awesome to see there. And you, you, I tell you what, Coach, you got a lot of depth there at wide receiver with Jay Sanders, Carter Schluter, Brett Donaldson, and Clay Hermes. You know, Clay Hermes has looked pretty good on the reception wise too in the scrimmages of, of that we've seen. Uh, Coach, what can you say? Uh, about the offensive line, I think you got a lot returning there too as a strength this year. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have uh, several of these offensive linemen that will start their 30th game by the time we play district football this year. So really excited about that group and just the progress they've made since they were sophomores starting in all these games when they were really, uh, bottom line is they were physically outmatched as sophomores. But then they grew into their own their junior years and uh, we started getting some great results there. And then obviously heading into their senior year, they've all increased 50 to 60 pounds each on all of their lifts and obviously they've grown just physically themselves so we look really good when you look up there up front you've got five big old guys that have been playing a lot of football so going from left to right you've got um, you've got Cody Vessels and Kyler Murphy over there on the left side that Kyler was more of a defensive guy last year but he's going to step over and do both for us this year and then Vessels is coming into his third year as a varsity starter. And then in the middle, you've got Connor Markham going into his third year as a starter. And then on the right side, Jacob Castillo at guard going into his third year as a starter. And then we got some new blood over at right tackle with uh, a young man named Bryce Johnson that moved in this year uh, from Collinsville that will come in and help us. He started for those guys. So a lot of experience, a lot of kids that have played a lot of football. And obviously looking forward to seeing what they can do to open up holes for Grayson and Sterling and Max and all those different guys in the backfield and whether it's Mac or Clay in the backfield actually having some time to throw the ball where they want to and get comfortable back there in a pocket and you've already mentioned those receivers out on the edge you've got from left to right Carter and Jace over to Brett and Clay starting it out and then you've got some great kids that can come in that are defensive starters like Gavin Brown and Cason um, Williams that will get a lot of playing time on the offensive side of the ball and then some young kids like Trevino that will come in and help us with kicking duties, but also play some spot play at receiver for us. That's great. Good good news, good things to hear. Looking forward to that, Coach. Uh, on the defensive side, just real quick, you got uh, one guy coming back, of course. Everybody knows him, Sterling Garden, 208 tackles, I believe, all-state linebacker you have returning. And some other playmakers, you got Chappelle, uh, sometimes you may have Kyler Murphy stepping on the defensive line too. Uh, he may have to play both ways, however you want to use him. But secondary, Jay Sanders, Carter Sluter made a lot of uh, big plays for you last year. Uh, so we can't name them all. Got a lot of talent coming back. Um, let's go to special teams real quick. How was that going to shape up there, Coach? What are y'all looking at on kicker and punter-wise this year on special teams? You know, as far as punter goes, Mac will take care of those duties. We like to punt out of an offensive formation. Kicking-wise, we've got Sterling coming back with some experience in big games last year, and then obviously the sophomore, uh, Peter Trevino coming in that's looked really good in fall camp and the scrimmages being consistent on the extra points. But you guys have been around my coaching style and our kids for long enough to know that we're going to get pretty fancy with special teams and try and be as crafty as we can to uh, sort of hide some of our weaknesses in that area, but also just try and be a pain in the opponent's uh, rear end all weekend and all week as they prepare. So we're still going to be a swing and gate team. We're still going to uh, try and punt in odd formations and try and have every version of every onside kick you've ever seen. If you ever see another one, send it to us. We'll add it on. We'd love to try and make sure that that's just another element of our game that 
we can try and help put our kids in a position to be successful. So Absolutely. That's been fun for us going in this fall with the special teams. Coach Nelson and Donaldson doing a great job in that area. And then defensively, you already mentioned a lot of guys that are going to make a lot of plays, but up front, you know, you've got Max Parker going to start at one end. You've got Colin Burns, who's been a great program kid for us for four years, played a lot last year as a junior. This year is getting a chance to start. And then interior-wise, you got Justin Cordell, a new guy, transferred in last Christmas out of SNS. Big kid, looks really good playing physical, along with Isaiah Chappelle, another one of our great program kids that's been around here for a long time, busting his butt, making plays. And I think you're going to see uh, a lot of uh, man right there in the middle of that right. defense. And Colton Bogey right in there behind those guys. What you're not going to see this year is number seven, Sterling Garden, sitting right in the middle every single play. Coach Gabbard's getting a little more fancy with it, and you're going to see Sterling a little bit of everywhere. We don't want the defense to be able to come to the ball every, or the offense to come to the ball every play and say, you got to get number seven blocked. He's always going to be right here. He'll be anywhere from safety to outside backer, inside backer, maybe at an end coming off the edge. We want it to be a sort of where's Waldo version of, but it's actually where exactly. Sterling. they got to find him, locate yeah. him, and avoid him. I was about to say, I, I think he'll show up pretty soon once the play gets started. He always <laughs> exactly, tends to. 208 tackles. I mean. yeah, you'll find him quickly. Of course, that's up front. Then the other linebacker spots will be Matthew Riddles, Braden Crockett, Jay Sanders is that hybrid type backer to safety type spot. And then in the secondary, we'll start Cason Williams, Gavin Brown at corner. So Carter will shift over from corner this year to middle of the field safety. And obviously, we can rotate in some other guys from offense with Clay and uh, Brett Donaldson getting some spot play there. And then obviously, uh, Peter Trevino, who's going to handle most of our kicking duties, but have the opportunity to, as he develops into, you know, just like any sophomore, growing up a little bit more throughout the year, getting used to varsity play, taking a larger role on both offense and defense. Well, Coach, right before we get into crumb, <clears throat> talk a little bit about the couple scrimmages we've had. Um, what do you see any. Um, Defensive philosophy or special team philosophy starting to take shape. What is the uh, leg strength of your kicker looking like? Or are we going to need to try and avoid the, the long kick? Are we going to try and stay in the squib? Um, what are we looking at at defense? I know defense traditionally we've played off a bit um, and given up the uh, short pass to prevent the long pass. Um, are we? Um, what are our thoughts based on what you've seen in the last two scrimmages moving into the season on defensive and special team philosophy? Now, defensively, Coach Gabbert, Coach Sluter, those guys over there, Coach Ledbetter do a fantastic job, Nelly and Bossamer, and then Whitesboro alum from not very long ago, Riley Dixon helping out on that side along with J.P. Bratcher. Those guys have done a phenomenal job just getting the kids to buy into being very, very simple on our end, but looking complicated. So we're going to do a little more, not just sit in our 4-4 cover three, or 4-4 cover three, and 4-3 cover four, we're going to try and look a little more complicated, but at the same time not complicated in our kids' heads. So I think you'll see a lot more looks. You'll see Sterling in a lot of spots, but our kids are going to continue to try and force turnovers, play really fast, and we pride ourselves on having 11 men to the ball each and every play, and I think you're going to see that reflected in those guys out there. And truly, I think there were some people coming in thinking we may not have as much depth, but the harder these kids work this spring and in other sports and in the summer, we truly feel like we've got more depth this year than we ever have, and we've got kids battling for jobs, and that just makes you better each and every day. So we're going to have the ability to rotate some kids. Right now, going into game one, there's really only two guys that are going to have to be every down players on both sides of the ball. And as some of those younger guys develop and get more experience, we could end up being uh, 
like some of your elite 3A teams where it's a total two platoon system. You run 11 guys on for offense, run 11 off for defense, and a different 11 for special teams. When you get to that level of 3A, now you're starting to talk about playing farther into December, and I think we're right on the edge of that. We'll just see how it develops. Right. Well, Coach, let's go to – we've uh, talking about a 4A team we got Friday, the Crumb Bobcats. So it's Battle of the Axe this this week, Sherman and Dennison, Battle of the Cats, Whitesboro and Crumb. So they're a 4A team. They come in 4-6 and six from last year, but they were in a tough district. I think they started the year last year. I could be wrong, but I thought they started 3-0. and but they, they were in, like I said, a tough district. They lost their quarterback, they, which he moved off to McKinney Boyd. So they have a younger uh, quarterback, but they do have one real good offensive player. They have probably, of course, several, but I'm just saying one that really stands out is Devin Brown. I believe he had 1,200 yards rushing last year and 10 touchdowns. So what can we look from on Crum's offensive side of the ball when we face him Friday? Now they're going to be spread-based. They're going to try and uh, create as much space as possible out there on the field. They're going to try and hit the quick stuff on the edges. They like a lot of screens. And then obviously, like anybody else that wants to win a lot of games, they're going to try and establish the run early. So we got to be good up front with that front six or seven that are in the box with Bogey and Chappelle and all those different kids up front playing really sound defensive and gap sound effort. So. I think you're going to see that up front, and then we just got to take care of business in the back end with all their different passing attack. If you look at their scrimmage, they came out with an 80-yard pass first play when they scrimmaged Pilot Point and went to the house on it. So we got to make sure we're playing, trusting each other. It's not quite option-style football by any means, but when a team much like us spreads the whole field, you got to trust your buddy to do his job over there while you're doing your job over here and not try and make up for each other's uh, shortcomings there and so I think we've done a great job of that so far kids have forced six or seven turnovers in the first two scrimmages and just flown around and, and gotten to the ball uh, really really quickly so I think you're gonna see a much more of that out of our defense and we try early especially before we get to district to make the focus on us not so much on the opponent and just try and have that faceless opponent mentality and let's see how much better we can make the Bearcats by the end of the week. Oh, that's good, Coach. Let's go to their defensive side of the ball real quick. They do have two – they got a lot of players coming back, uh, but really the stands out for them, they have two linebackers that had over 100 yard or 100 tackles both last year. So what's, what do you want to try to establish? You want to try to more, be more balanced offense, running, passing, or what do you see that you want to try to do Friday against Crumb, the Bobcats? You know, I think the blueprint there from last year, if you look at – end of season reports, we spread the ball almost equally to every one of our positions. And I'm not talking kids, I'm talking, we call our four receivers, the X, Y, H, and Z, and then our tailback. If you look at those five skill spots that touched the ball last year, they really each one of them touched the ball 50 to 60 times last year. And if we can continue to do that, that's the epitome of the spread offense. People have to defend everybody. You can't go into the game saying, we got to stop this Grayson Ledbetter kid, because if you stop him, which that's, going to be a, a task in its own right, then you're going to have four other kids out there that make a lot of plays. So uh, I think our theory is going to be get the ball into all those playmakers' hands as much as possible, make people defend all 53 and a third yards of that field width, and see if we can repeat some of that offensive success. Coach, as we come into Friday's game, you've had to deal with it both this week <clears throat> a little bit. And we're very thankful for the rain that the Lord has sent us. But um, if we do get rain on Friday, does that change the game plan any? 
I, I really don't think so. We practiced with a wet ball multiple days this week. Our kids understand how to do that. I think if it's a total downpour, it obviously changes it. But if it's just a, a slight drizzle or a light rain, the uh, you know most people don't realize this until you get down there and touch the ball. The ball actually becomes a little more tacky if it's slightly wet. Um, and it can dry off a little bit there. So I don't think it changes us. I know Mac knows how to throw a wet ball. We can get the ball spread out. Uh, you might have to change a little bit of the scheme as far as how you're getting it to those outside guys. But we, we feel confident that we can still spread the field and not turn it into an old 1984 uh, bloodbath <laughs> exactly, of two yeah. wishbone teams. Has it affected your practice wise? You know it's rained every day this week. Does it affect your practice? Or have y'all been practicing inside more it this week? It looked like it was going to affect us. We thought we were going to have to be in the gym Monday right before practice. The lightning cleared. We were able to get outside, had a little sprinkle. And then yesterday, weather cleared up right as we were heading out, so we were able to get outside again. And uh, the, the beauty of it is we were going to get practice in either way. We've contacted several schools around the area the past few years people have used the excuse of can't do it because of covid but now we've got lots of people saying hey we can let you guys come over so sherman was gracious enough to have allowed us to come over there yesterday if we had needed it or today if we need it so we were going to get the practice in one way or another our kids are preparing and getting after it so it's been fun and just excited to get down there to crumb and get it going Absolutely, that's good. Any early injuries that we need to look for? Is we doing, or do we kind of banged up a little bit going into this game Friday? No, we're we're doing really good injury-wise. Kids are healthy. Uh, you know, just like anything else, you've had twenty-something days of practice by now. There's some kids with some nicks and bruises, but no real injuries to speak of. We've got every kid available. All thirty-one varsity kids ready to go. All right. Well, I know uh, Battle of the Axes this week. Is that correct there, uh, yes, Frank? Yes, Now, I know that we call it the Battle of the Axe. It hasn't been much of a battle as of late, has it? Nah, no, no. I think crushing. they haven't won in 10 or 11 years, Sherman. It, yeah, it's been terrible. But So that'll be interesting here in this area. But hopefully all of you are uh, exci- as excited about the football season starting as I know Coach and we are. Uh, Whitesboro um, Sports Radio has made the trip. We are here in Crum. Uh, we encourage any who may be listening before the game to find your way out here and support your Bearcats. It's going to be a great game, great way to start the season. It's going to be your Whitesboro Bearcats against the Crumb Bobcats. And, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's meow or never, isn't it? You're right. It's a battle of the cats over here in Crumb tonight, so it's meow or never. Let's see what happens. Go Bearcats. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I will say go Bearcats. <laughs> go Bearcats. <laughs>